Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Lee. It's all nice to see you. Good to see you, too. And I'm amazed that I do get to see you because the truth is, for people who haven't been by your place lately, all of a sudden there's this big tent up out in front and you look around inside and animals, I won't say they're moving, but uh, there's definitely been some changes inside, (laughs) especially in the fish department. Well, we have been doing a lot. I've been trying to – a business – is successful, you know, it, it needs to be dynamic, you know, and so it needs to be with the times. It needs to always be thinking about changing and growing and um, honestly just listening to the public, right? right. And what is it when you hear, when you put your ear on the track, what do you hear and do you respond, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, right now a lot of things going on outside, uh, but some inside. Right. You know, we have the big tent in the parking lot and you might wonder, you know, it's a pretty big tent uh 20 foot by i think it's 20 by 10 or 30 by 10 maybe i think it is something like that 30 by 12 i don't know it's a good size tent and what we what we're doing is um we put it up and for the summer we're gonna you know put used uh, stuff you know aquarium stands tanks things like that that uh, uh, people could come in and shop for Uh, and we've taken the used equipment area that that was in, mm-hmm. you know, all of that space. And we're opening that up so that through the summer we're going to transform that into a place to buy fish, okay. you know, an actual retail area for fish. Because we put just the most amazing display of plants and natural aquariums and aquascaping in the middle of the store. Right. And we took out fish racks to do that. And so – we want to kind of get back to having the same capacity of fish keeping and also, you know, the ability to aquascape with plants. Right. So we have we have some designs in mind, but uh, that tent has really helped to, uh, just to open the space up. And then hopefully by the fall, we'll figure out another way to kind of market used equipment without tying up as much floor space. Gotcha. Uh, so so we're in a process. And then, hey, Pond and Water Garden is in full swing. I bet. Uh, just yesterday, two or three customers coming in, and they're just sharing with me their situation and how can I help. Well, we've got products that can help them in just about any situation for their ponds and water gardens. Uh, more importantly, you know, there's a system to it. There's a There's a need to do it right. And so we feel pretty confident that if given the opportunity to work with somebody that has a pond and water garden, right, we can actually improve what they're doing and how they're doing it. It would probably take you about 10 minutes in order to do it, <laughs> just like the conversation you had on last week's show yeah. with Nikki Brown. Where N- you- Nikki Brown and I had a great uh, <laughs> time to kind of build something. She came in with the right attitude and we gave as much information as we could. She's completely happy with her pond. That doesn't mean there aren't situations, uh, physical situations, where you might need some help. But done right, uh, pond maintenance can be kind of at a minimum. And more importantly, you need a lot more work and a lot more help if you don't do it right. Well, so whether you have somebody else maintain your pond, 
or whether you do it yourself, you'll be benefited by knowing all there is to know about ponds and water gardens, and uh, and we're there to answer that. Well, all I can say is that the planning that you're talking about with that ties in precisely with this week's show, because I got to tell you, when you get a puppy, you better have a plan for what you're going to do with that puppy up front, because if you don't have that plan, uh, you could be in for some adventures that are misadventures, and uh, none of us like that part of it. We love the cute but we don't always love the other part that goes with yeah. how do you socialize a puppy? How do you get them off to a good start in life? How do you get them to where they get along well with other dogs and people and can actually be with you when you go about living your life because they don't cause difficulties? And to talk about it, we've got an old friend of ours from the show, uh, Kathleen Goodman, who's in Massachusetts. And frankly, has been training dogs, especially puppies, for a long time. And her book, Puppy Possibilities, God, it's it's been around for a long time, Rick. Yeah. And I think what I've always liked about her, she doesn't make it complicated. She it's it's straightforward, not a lot at you, not throwing a lot at you, but the basics. And keep staying focused on what's the most important things to know getting into a puppy. Right. You know, what you know, that's where she uh, is it, she's not trying to be everything. She's trying to be that great resource if you're going to get a puppy, what are the possibilities of that pop, puppy? And things can go south. Right. You don't want that. No. You want it all to go north. And so th- and that's where you need to learn the fundamentals early on, get them down, and that's what she's teaching, our fundamentals. Once you get those, then you might look at advanced techniques. But for right now, that's what it is. So we'll talk with Kathleen right here this morning on 1320 WILS. It's the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Here are your hosts, Rick Cruz and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us on the line a returning guest. She's been with us several times over the years, but it's it's been a little while. We're talking with Kathleen Goodman, who is the author of the book Puppy Possibilities and has been a puppy trainer. Well, I guess a dog trainer, too, but they start as puppies for <laughs> quite a long time. Welcome back to the show, Kathleen. Thank you. Good morning, gentlemen. So good to be here. It has been a while. It has been. And for people who don't know, Kathleen, you are in, is it Massachusetts? I am. I'm in Hopkinton, Massachusetts, where the Boston Marathon starts. Fantastic. Well, we've appreciated having you on because from the time that you wrote your book and came to Lansing, because uh, you were actually doing a presentation in nearby Ann Arbor, uh, we got the chance to meet you. You got the chance to meet Bruce Pruce when he was just a wee bit pup. And uh, I remember that, as does Rick. And Rick will tell you that that little pup is now, what'd you say, white-haired? <laughs> That's the, a lot of white hairs on him right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I have those, too, now. Yeah. Actually, yeah. maybe mine are gray. <laughs> well, yeah. And Lee and I aren't 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 uh, wearing any better. Let's no. just put it that way. No, we're not. So, 
But Kathleen, we we wanted to have you on because we've talked a lot about dogs this year. Uh, but the reason that a lot of times the topic has come up is because a lot changed over the last couple of years. And one of the biggest changes that took place was the percentage of people who had puppies and had dogs. I mean, the homes with pets went up fairly dramatically during the period of COVID. And unfortunately, because of the lockdowns and what have you, a lot of people got dogs but couldn't really train them the way that they've always done. And frankly, that's where you became a joy because we got the chance to do training via Zoom. And and it's an amazing way to be able to take advantage of your talent at a distance. Well, I enjoyed doing the Zoom call. I had my own dog was a COVID puppy. He was born in December of 2018. And, well, everything was hunky-dory, and we were able to go to local classes. And then, well, let's see, in about May of 2019, after pursuing those classes, he became an AKC star puppy because they did a lot of socializing and there's little requirements that AKC has. And then everything came to a screeching halt and we were in lockdown. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody to Zoom with. Yeah. So it was great being able to work with your wife, Lee, and your Aussie in a Zoom call just to not only have one-on-one personal interaction with her, but to give her some pointers and um, use my my two dogs, even though they were a little bit older, as demo dogs. But the whole idea of, well, how are we going to socialize this puppy? And, um, well, I do, like many people do, everything under the sun to get my puppy socialized in a group setting, go to classes, um go to different events that grandchildren are pursuing, like soccer or track or something like that. But when you can't do any of that with anybody, just to get out and have a mask on with your dog is, um, I, I never liked wearing a mask anyway, but you do what you have to do. And it took a bit for me to acclimate my dogs to a mask. Because remember, when dogs interact, it's all about body language and facial expression and ear set and all of that. And I actually sat around the house sometimes just for them to see me in a mask. Um, And then to go out, since I do a lot of dog sports, well, we were were in lockdown for two years. And it has taken me from that 2022, I just finally started competing again uh, last December right. of 2022. What what have you witnessed? Uh, give us a, for somebody that actually is like very keen on dog behavior and temperament and how dogs act in public, you, you're you a good person to have on the show just to talk about, you know, give us your reaction of what you're seeing out in the community of dogs and dog keeping. What what What's it look like out there now that we're a couple years past, you know, some of the more difficult times in our lives? Well, I think what I'm seeing, um, even in my own dog um, and friend's dog, is a, a wariness 
of unusual situations, even just walking in town. We have to get in the car to walk in town. Um, but, you know, people walking with their dogs, and it seems like the dogs are, oh, they're on alert. What, what's going on here? Sure. Who are these people? Um, there's a wariness of people and other dogs. There's a wariness of sounds. Um, uh, uh, even in indoors in the house, we were at our neighbors, and they had a dog visiting, and he heard something outside and was automatically on alert and sounding the alarm. Oh, danger, danger. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And walking on the road, if there are dogs in an invisible fence situation, um, that can be very difficult for the dog and the owners because anybody that comes by, nobody's been coming around, right? Now all of and a sudden, the dogs yeah. are immediately on alert. In mm-hmm. any public situations where I've gone, like just to, sometimes I just go to the local grocery store. They have a couple of benches out there for their employees or the general public to just take a, a load off your feet. And I may just sit there with my own dogs so they can see passers-by. But I notice in a class situation, um, which I see a lot of when I'm out and about getting ready to train my own dogs, there's a puppy class going on. And those puppies come in the door, and some of them, I mean, they haven't been exposed to anything for two years. And their tails are tucked, and they're looking around like, oh, my gosh, what? Oh, no. And some of the other puppies are like almost a scream bark. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? And and they're or they're just barking. Okay, don't come near me because I'm a big dog, even though it may be a little dog. So I'm seeing that dogs are on alert. Um, owners that have never had a dog before, but were wanting to give a dog a home during COVID, they're trying to just figure out holy cow, what do I do with this little jumping ball of fluff? Um, And now that classes are back, that's great. But it's been really tough on first-time puppy owners or dog owners, if you will. They're trying to do the right thing. Um, But it's a... It's a tough road. Well, it's it's intriguing that you say that because when we got our Australian Shepherd, it was during that period, and he did get some training, but not a ton of socialization. Well, my wife decided we needed another puppy, and so we got one about eight months ago. And yep. it's a different breed. It's it's a uh, English lab who basically is pretty happy go lucky all the time, no matter what. But it's funny because socializing him has been really easy compared to what we went through with the Aussie. And it's funny you say about the barking because that continues to be an issue with the Aussie. Is every time people walk by, he wants to bark. Uh, and uh, well. That's a herding breed, too. I, I understand, but that's part but still, of... still, it, it's really tough. So, My golden retrievers alert. We, we live kind of out, we're about five miles outside of town, but we've got plenty of cars going by and all of that. But we have public land behind us where people are walking. Right. And, and, and with, with or without their dogs, some dogs are leashed, they're supposed to be, some are not, and... 
my dogs are, oh, intruder alert. <laughs> and it, it, oh, oh, yeah. And, you know, I can walk back there. So they're just walking, and they're like, I don't know about that. So, you know? so besides... I'm, I'm sorry, I was going to say, so besides giving them exposure to people and other dogs in other places, what should people be doing who maybe have a two- or three-year-old dog who is kind of in the same place as some of the newer dogs? I would highly recommend enrolling in a class, in a structured class, um, because it it gives the owner an opportunity to get feedback from an instructor. It gives the dogs an opportunity to see that, oh, well, hey, we could have some fun. And then there are cookies involved in this. Oh, I sat and they're going to give me that wonderful treat. Oh, well, hey, that dog is not coming after me. Oh, and maybe there's a playtime involved with the young puppies. Um, Maybe there's a situation where, hey, we get to run through a tunnel, and you're there to catch me. Or we get to walk um, through the rungs of a ladder that's on the floor. Or, wow, you're always so happy when we come here, and I'm talking in the position of the dog right now. Wow, this is pretty cool. So the owner gets feedback from the instructor who can help them individually if they need it. And the dog gets to see that, hey, I can be around other people and other dogs, and maybe I don't have to worry so much about this. Does it mean it'll diffuse any barking on the home front? Not necessarily. That takes a long time um, to just, um, there's a lot of clicking and treating. Um, We've been working on, my dogs think that, you know, the, the squirrels and the chipmunks, They'll come right up to the sliding door and kind of look at my dogs like, I can't get me, buddy. You can't do it. And mine are like, holy crap, let us out, let us out, jumping, leaping. Oh, I mean, it's just total chaos. Right. And we've been working with them and teaching them that be quiet. And I'm immediately, I've got a cookie in my hand or I can shake my cookie rattle and I and cookies to them are Akashi cereal, the little hearts and O's. Oh my gosh, it's like the bee's knees to them. It's the greatest thing. And I can up my ante when we're in a really difficult situation or doing a very a new training uh, technique for agility or something like that. Right. Um, but if people can get themselves to a class, a structured class, it. It just makes a huge difference. My son and his family adopted a COVID puppy, um, and he was about a year old. He came up from the South, and um, it, it's been an interesting situation with him. He is the perfect match for them. It's not a golden retriever. He is an Australian cattle dog cavalier cross. Uh, they did a DNA test. They wanted to know for sure. Okay. Right. Um, and he's He's small, but he, uh, the one thing initially, well, he didn't bark. He was about seven months old. And then all of a sudden, he became more acclimated on the home front, and he would alert bark. And he came over, and when we did a meet and greet for the very first time, uh, my dogs were in their kennels, 
and we allowed him to come up to them, and everybody sniffed, and then everybody came out, but everybody's on leash, because sometimes older dogs don't really care for youngsters. They just they bounce around too much, and it's like, oh, my God, it's too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything was a controlled situation. It was hunky-dory. We went for a walk, and then they all ran around in the backyard and had a party. Well, that's the way Very- we that's the way we would want it to be, Kathleen. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we need to take a quick break. Uh, but when sure. we come back, I would like to get your advice on specifically things that people can do to work with their pets and really continue to build them to a point where COVID what they they don't remember that. So hopefully, that's where we'll go with the conversation right here on thirteen twenty. W-I-L-S. It's the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 W-I-L-S. It's 9.35 and we're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we're talking this morning with the author of the book, Puppy Possibilities. It's Kathleen Goodman, who's on the line with us from Massachusetts. And Kathleen, uh, let's talk about specifically getting people into a class you talked about with their dogs, getting them accustomed to other dogs. But what do we have to do to get dogs to go back to acting like the dogs that they used to? Because bottom line is uh, there's a lot of dogs out there that for whatever reason, maybe the people that they're with aren't taking them out in public as often or doing stuff like that. But how do we get to a just a normal life? Because I'm sorry, but taking your dog with you was always a lot of fun to me. And the idea that, oh, man, people might be wary of that, I, I, I that makes me concerned. Rick, do you see as many dogs coming into the store as you used to? You know, that's a good question. Um, the other day, just a few days ago on Memorial Day, we had a lot of traffic and dogs, including dogs coming in. But as a general rule, um, you know, the problem is you don't pay that a close attention. So, But it does seem like there are less dogs that come in. Yeah. It does. It, and, and that's a concern to me because, again, people were literally uh, – my wife used to joke that our dog filled half of my obligations for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because when I didn't want to go, the dog would go with her everywhere that she went. <laughs> well, and that's true that – you know, the most important thing you can do with a puppy when it's, let's say, less than 16 weeks lo- old, let me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, in the 8 to 16-week range is get them exposure to the public. And if that wasn't happen, that didn't happen, there's a huge gap of opportunity um, that's, that's, that's been missed. Yeah. Okay. It, so it, I haven't met a puppy yet that didn't like to perform. Because if they can do a trick, like sit um, or stand, that's another easy one, people just think that's the greatest thing. And they've got people, um, you take them out in public, and A, I guess we need to educate our, our puppy owners first. They need to understand that you don't go anywhere without cookies. You just don't. It should be something that easy for the puppy to chew up very quickly. Um, I'm a personal fan of string cheese um, sliced in Nicholson slices, or I can just break it off a stick of cheese. I can stick it in my pocket, 
eh, I'm not going to be gone that long or it's going to get mushy or anything like that. So I think, and I found that people learn to have a little fun with their puppies when they teach it to do something. And when they see the light bulb happening with the puppy, the easiest thing to teach a puppy is to sit. We can't expect them to stay in position until after five months of old because, well, all of their joints are still kind of loosey-goosey till they're about 18 months old. But, boy, do they like to perform, A, for the treat and the sheer delight that they see on their owner's face. I absolutely believe that. So when I take my dogs out, even my young puppies, even if I'm toting them in my arms, when they're a little too little to be walking on the sidewalk, or maybe it's, maybe the sidewalk's too hot, um, we can go to the public library and sit on the step, and people come by and say hello. I say, oh, well, shall we show them a trick? And my puppy looks up at me, may not know what I'm talking about, right? But it does look at me. I give it a little treat. Oh, good, watch out. That's great. And holy cow, watch what he can do. Sit. And I can direct that puppy into a sit by tipping that cookie back toward the back of his head, and he automatically sits because that's what his body's going to do. And I have a party. The people are amazed. The puppy's like, holy cow, this is kind of cool. And then we can do other things. Like, oh, I can get him to stand up, too. Want to see that? And I can just put the cookie at his, at his muzzle, um, tuck my finger into the right rear flank, get him to stand up. Wow, he's like a circus dog, Mom. That's what the little kids say over that. And then the owner, oh, yeah, hey, that makes you feel good when your dog isn't leaping, jumping, barking, right? Well, Kathleen, I think you've identified one of my problems, uh, and it's just for me listening to you because the truth is your tone of voice that you speak in, I think dogs probably love that tone of voice, and I just can't imagine that they're loving my tone of voice very much when I'm speaking. So I think I might have identified one of the problems right there. Okay. Well, I I have been known to get men to – Raise their voice tone a little bit or lighten up a little bit. It's not military boot camp. <laughs> it's supposed to be teaching fundamentals. And the key word is fun. Yeah, and I and I think it's worth bringing just up. You know, we – it's kind of – we could, like, hear you and and listen to your excited voice and and without even thinking of it, maybe – transfer that into our relationship with our dog. But I think it's worth bringing it up and talking why your energy is the way it is. And it's not just for the dogs. You know, it's for us. It's for the listeners. It's for everybody that that is around you for where you want to be contagious. What's the dividends? More dogs having better experiences in life because the people are changing a little bit as they're around you, not just the dogs. So, you know, my hat's off to you because I, every time you've been on the show, oh, that energy always comes through and you've never brought that up as, or we've never brought that up as, you know, your little secret. But <laughs> but since oh, Lee's no, bringing no, it up, <laughs> yeah, the, the secret oh, the is now out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but dogs dogs live off of that energy. And people need to have that energy, and sometimes it's better just to display that energy 
than it is to tell them, now you got to be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, when, I'm, when I'm doing things with my own dogs and trying to bring my, um, how old is Decker? He will be five the end of December. He was born in de- uh, early December of 18. To um, Some dogs need a cheerleader because it could be the breed. Maybe they're just more reserved, whatever. Um, but for me, we don't get to have these dogs for that long. If we get 12 and a half years from our golden retrievers, it is a blessing. Um, the smaller breeds oftentimes will live longer. But why not? Um, I, I come from old school where there was a lot of, really rough handling of dogs, and I used to get in trouble for getting giving my golden retriever cookies for a job well done. I was just learning, and she looked so happy, and holy cow, what's not to love about that? And with my young male, who I'm trying to bring him out of his shell, he's finally realized that we can go play some games. Of course, it's competition stuff for me, but you know what? It's not about the ribbon. To have someone say to me, you know, your dogs are, they're having, you're having a good time out there with them. Well, well, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be for me. Come on, come on, you can do this. Can you stand? Oh, my God, you did it. There's the cookie. <laughs> uh, what about drop? Oh, oh, almost good elbows down. And they're kind of looking at me. Um, oh, yes, this is what I'm talking about. Oh, I am. A, it takes everything out of me when I'm in AKC competitive sports where you're not allowed to talk. Right. Oh, that, that'd be wiping you out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They'd be marking me for, you know, not that I can't do that in, in a lot of the sports, but... Um, I, it gets my dog's attention, <laughs> and they realize by my expression, right? Because it's a it's a dual thing. Hmm. My dogs know when I'm not happy. Right. They know when I say leave it. No hmm. kidding. We are not rolling in that goose poop. <laughs> we yeah. are not doing that right hmm. now. And and I can say leave it. We're not doing that. And they're looking at me really honest. But but let's go. Oh yeah. good. Good, you did it. And here comes another cookie. So it's always excitement excitement and food is a magic combination. It's or just <laughs> throwing your arms up in the air. You did it. Right. Right. But then, I mean, he's, he's like 67 pounds. So, and I'm, as you well know, I am vertically challenged. So I don't want him really leaping up on me unless I invite him. Then he's very gentle. Right. But if I throw my arms in the air, then he's like, Oh, yeah. And the party begins. So I have to be kind of careful with that, with being, adding a little excitement to the game. We take things too seriously okay. in life, and I am accused of that. I, I accuse myself of that myself. Uh, I'm kind of talking in circles here, but um, we need to just lighten up. Now, Kathleen. That's what my book is all about, lightening things up. 
Well, I, I'm sorry to jump in again, but we need to take one more break. But when we come back right, from, right. but when we come back from the break, I would like to talk with you about for people who are out there, what kind of a training schedule should they be thinking about? Well, how how oh. many days? How much time should they be thinking about spending with their pets in order to try and really develop them at a certain age? So we'll have that conversation with Kathleen Goodman right here on 1320 WILS. For the latest news and information on animal care, it's the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Here are your hosts, Rick Bruce and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning with Kathleen Goodman, who is the author of the book Puppy Possibilities. And in the last segment, you mentioned the book, so let's let's talk about it for a minute. The book has been out now for 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, tell me um, how – I'm sorry? It'll be 15 years 15. next year. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. t- and talk about the success of the book. Oh, uh, breeders are still um, purchasing books in quantity for their new puppy families, and they buy it in advance so the people can go and plan. It's all about teaching people to plan for the puppy's arrival. It doesn't matter what kind of puppy you're getting. It doesn't have to be a purebred puppy. A puppy is a puppy. They all learn at different rates. Um, Some breeds are a little quicker on the uptake. Other breeds are not. It doesn't matter. The whole idea is engaging the family in a fun way of teaching those fundamental behaviors uh, and manners. Uh, we, We all want our puppies to have good manners. We don't want them jumping on people. Um, And, if we go back to thinking about rehabilitating, uh, you know, post-COVID puppy rehab, um, well, not only was everybody in quarantine, but now everybody goes back to work. So the book has been helpful for those families who can still go through that. There's a six-week DIY program that teaches all those fundamental behaviors, and they one builds on the other one builds on the other so it's a progression it makes it easy for the people and hopefully easier for the families um but this post-covid rehab everybody's going back to work now well here's our puppy say holy smokes wait a minute hey i'm all alone here <laughs> well what's up with that so with our own dogs, especially my younger male. He's much more sensitive. The boys are much more sensitive, I find. The girls kind of roll with it. Um, oh, gosh. We, we play uh, classical music quietly in the background. Um, he's kind of gotten over that. We made sure that our initial going out and doing errands or whatever we were doing was short in a shortened format. Um, and now when we leave, uh, he's not graded or anything. He's old enough to, you know, behave himself. He, he's not a destructive dog either. It's his mother. And anyway, when we come home, though, oh, my Lord, you would think there was a marching band in the, on the main floor because I come up from our cellar. And so I, we've had to teach him like we've taught all of our other boys. The girls aren't much for this. He has to have a toy before I open that basement door. 
can come into the main house. He has to go get a toy. Get me a toy. There are toy boxes in various locations in the house. And the premise of that is he's got the toy in his mouth. He keeps his feet on the floor. Taking a little bit to teach that, but I'm a pretty patient lady. Oh, you got the toy. Oh, my God. Oh, it's Ted. You've got Ted for me. It's a little stuffed teddy bear, right? Um, or there's a taco. You brought me a taco. And what he does now, he keeps his feet on the floor and he moans with the toy. It's the cutest dang thing ever. And yep. he's moaning around. And I'm saying, what is it? And then my other dog, of course, is saying, so what's with the toy? <laughs> I'm just here. I'm My feet are on the floor, too. And Oh, then we better get everybody some cookies. This is really good. And that and that has taken months to teach him that, and he's pretty smart on the uptake. Uh, the girls, um, this is my first female golden that actually likes to chase a ball or catch a frisbee. They're, you know, they that my other ones would look at me like seriously, I'm supposed to get excited over this? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Throw the ball for the boy and just give me the cookies. I would just sit here quietly with you. Um, so, you know, when we talk about actually retraining these puppies, that it's okay if we're gone for a while. So many baby steps to that process. Ten minutes, can you walk out the door without a neighbor thinking, oh, my God, somebody's killing that dog over there. It's howling, howling, howling. Um, but that's how we introduce that at a very young age anyway. So Just when you leaving them in there. So if is, is that are those kind of uh, pointers that you just brought forth? Um, are those in the book? Um, the take a toy. Take a toy is new. Uh-huh. That is not in the book. Okay. But always having toys around and always cookies. You're telling me I need an addendum, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think a couple other things. I know I should be adding a couple other things. The reason that I haven't written, um, you know, another training book is because I don't want people to. Oh, she's got a new book. We'll get that. That one is old. We don't need to worry. No, that's no, 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 no. The fundamentals are most important. Once you get your fundamentals down, then we can. And that is in the book, at the end of the book. Now you're ready to go out in public. Show people, shut your stuff. Show them what you're, oh my gosh, even I'm, my dogs think it's good. We can be on a walk and we're meeting kids at the bus stop. And some kids don't want to come up to dogs. That's fine. They don't have to. We don't approach them at all. They usually ask if they can say hello. Um, there's a couple of neighborhood kids, they've lost their golden a few years ago and they, you know, it's all, and my dogs know that they can hardly wait to touch them and it takes everything. I have to have cookies in my hand as, as I'm holding leashes. We are not, we are not going to do that with the kids. We have to be very quiet. This is not a party yet. And I've got cookies in front of their faces because they know the children want them to come over and wiggle and waggle, and they want to hug them, and they want to kiss them, and, and it's really hard for the dogs. Those things are in the book. Hmm. 
But, um, yeah, the addendum thing, I can think of at least six other things that I could <laughs> bring forward. But I don't want people to disregard the first book because that's what gives them the foundation. And you got to have a foundation. You couldn't build a house without a foundation. You can't have a well-behaved family pet without one, too. Yeah, no, that makes uh, complete sense. Now, when it comes to the time that people should put in, oh, realist, realistically, yeah. I mean, how how much time should people budget for training a, a puppy? I mean, before they get the puppy, yeah, I mean, it's it's something <laughs> yeah, lifestyle. Get the puppy, but um, it's it's a part of the commitment that you're taking on when you get a puppy. Yes, it is, and. How long do you think I should I should tell you to do this? I mean, what do you think the time frame should be? I put you on the spot. <laughs> Lord, I don't know. I, but my thinking is that uh, the rule that I've typically been told by my wife when it comes to Australian shepherds is they need to run five miles a day. And <laughs> if they're not running five miles a day, then they might behave badly. And that was okay. a motivation to me to say, well, there's no way I can go five miles a day. <laughs> but bottom line is, I better be prepared to at least take them somewhere most days and get them an hour or two hours or whatever it is okay. of time. Okay. So what he really needs, he needs a job. Yeah. Every dog needs a job, right? I walk my dogs because I'm, I'm a maniac. Um, no, no, I'm not. I walk my dogs 2.2 miles every day, and it's a strenuous 2.2 miles, but I'm, a, I'm an older dog now. I'm a more seasoned dog now, if you will, and I need to make sure that I stay in shape. Kathleen, so, I'm sorry I need to jump in, but we are out of time. Uh, I'm so sorry for that. But when you come to Michigan, uh, please look us up because we would love to talk to you again. We've been speaking with Kathleen Goodman, the the uh, author of the book, Puppy Possibilities. And Rick, I, I, it's a great topic. It's one we need to keep covering because everyone keeps getting puppies and they need to know what to do with them. So on behalf of Rick Bruce and Bruce Warner, our producer, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you a great weekend, great week ahead. We'll talk next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Meantime, please, please don't just take care of your pets, but train them too. Have a great week, everybody. 